Yo, welcome back to the Painful's podcast, Phantom Thieves. I am the Painful, and this space is for you. Welcome back to the bonfire. Welcome to the gamer's den, I apologize. Welcome to the grounds of fertility. We're teachable here. We apply the things we learn in our lives. We share our life lessons. We share those gifts. We also have elders, so we don't wander around here like lone wolves in these streets without any guidance. We apply the wisdom and guidance of the elders for a smooth and prosperous life, for that is the only life they want for us. And if they do not, then they are not elders. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right. So as you know, it's gotten a little wild. It's we're starting to build to some to some type of climax. And, you know, I don't know how far we are into the game right now. I haven't been looking for spoilers. This game is old, as you all know, but well, not old, but, you know, it's older. Everyone's beat it like three million times. And I haven't done any digging. I've been avoiding it on, on social media, even though I'm a part of groups. I have, thankfully have not seen a single spoiler about the end about who's the the mystery person and now since i'm closer to that point i've i've kind of taken a step back even though i do chat on my reddit group i still take a second and i just beg that no one ruins it for me but let's continue where we left off you know we were at the auditorium from the panel where akechi was speaking and it appears that he knows, and at this point, I'm thinking that it's about to be our bubble that's about to get bursted, so let's just go. We're in the auditorium. We got to go into the PE faculty room to speak to Akechi because his phone, he had a, a phone, phone call or whatever. <sighs> he says to, he says to Makoto, your friends from yesterday are here, aren't they? Can you bring them in too, if that's all right? And Makoto was like, did you set this all up? And Akechi says, we only have 10 minutes, you know. So we cut over to the PE room, right? And I mean, not even seconds. Akechi just whips out these photos of them. And it is just like, he, he shocked me. So he, he takes these photos out of them in the process of them dissipating into the metaverse. And he says he also has video footage. And I knew this would happen because, remember, I saw him see us enter the metaverse. So I was like, you know, it's only a matter of time. He's like, please, let's not feign ignorance. All of you can go to that other world, too. Yes. I also know that when you traverse over there, your appearance changes as well. It's because of those mysterious powers, isn't it? He then says... I found out about that world a month ago. This has been installed on my phone without my knowledge. And he says when the app activated on its own, the scenery around him changed. And he said, quite frankly, I still believe it myself. But from the looks of these photos, all of you quite seem used to it. All of you are acting as phantom thieves in the universe. He says, which shocked me. I can say so with conviction because I have the same power as you. So I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. Like, so you are, you're in the metaverse. I'm thinking, okay, so this dude, maybe he's the, he must be the killer. Something. I don't know. I don't trust him. I never did trust him. I just don't. He said, then he says, I'm something like, I've been curious about you since the time of the Madarame case, but to think it would all end up like this. And, Haru's like, we didn't kill anyone. We didn't kill anyone. But Akechi, he says he doesn't, he, um, he believes us and he doesn't think we did it. And he said that the reason why he believes this is because he saw someone else. He saw the real culprit, but he couldn't identify the real person's face. 
he mentioned that he had a, a mask on. And when he took those photos of us, he entered the metaverse too. So it happened all at the same time. And that's when he saw someone else moving about besides us inside of the palace for uh, uh, Kunikazu. And he said that he shot the, the dude or whoever it was shot at him the moment he noticed the, the figure and he was almost killed. And then he said, you know, I can't die here. I need to determine the truth. And when those thoughts overcame him, he awakened to, to his persona. And he said it was a very fortunate accident. And we learn at this point that, all right, it's official. He, he could very well be a phantom thief if he wanted to be, but that's not his thing. And I'll go on to explain. At any given rate, he learned that Morgana could talk and he was kind of shocked to hear Morgana talk for the first time because we're in the real world. And, you know, he just, that was something that he wasn't used to, but he was able to identify Morgana speaking. And he asked Morgana if he was the one who instructed us how to change people's hearts. And he decides, all right, let's strike a deal. And he's like, if we... If you basically, if we work together with him, he wants us to cooperate with him um, or he's going to inform the police, he's going to blackmail us. But basically, he wants us to help him find out who the culprit is, but then he wants us to disband the phantom thieves at the end. So in my mind, I'm thinking, OK, this has to be we're approaching the end of the game now because he's like disband the phantom thieves. And then based upon where we were entering, I'm like, oh, this is getting close. It seems like it's starting to tie up to the beginning of the story now. Anyway, I have to think it over. We leave the faculty room and then we go back to the auditorium. And then Akechi says his pleasantries and he has to go. And Ryuji at this point, he's heated because he's like, yo, this punk had control over us all this time. And we were just too dumb just being trapped in our own fame and this this idea of us serving the people, it got it, we got in over our heads and now we were just controlled and we were just thrown into a, a game. So cut to LeBlanc, the news is on and there's a calling card on the coffee bar. The newscaster reports on, on the news that although things got a little quiet, incidents starting to reoccur. And Sojiro's in front of this calling card on the coffee bar, he must have found it in her room and he's like, why did Futaba have this? I knew it. And then we cut from there back to school and we're leaving the auditorium. And Kasumi approaches me and she's asking if I'd be attending the post-festival party. I didn't, we didn't know there was a post-festival party after this panel, but it was, whatever. Okay, cool. There was like some dancing and all that stuff. And Kasumi pulls me to the front and we start dancing. And there's some dance club members approach Kasumi and ask her for a favor. She agrees with them, runs off with them for a brief moment. And then we have this, this beautifully done cut scene where she goes in on the center and starts performing ballet. She's grabbing everyone's attention. And we are just like enamored by Kasumi doing all these moves. And she's looking over at me and she takes her hand out for me to approach her. But it was, it was, a, it was a nice, nicely cut scene. We head out to school. Her dad calls her to head home and then she leaves. Now, Haru calls me or she asks me to spend a bit of time with her at the post-festival party. So I go back inside and it's time for the event called this. Um, what is it called? It was like this dag. It was like this student. It was like a like not show and tell uh, sh the student sharing special. That's what it was called. 
the announcer calls this random person to the front, but it happens to be Haru at this time. And the announcer is just asking all types of questions about the Phantom Thieves. And then he's like, I mean, you know, the guy, the interviewer is like, yo, after all, the Phantom Thieves are your father's killers. And he's like, wait a minute, I forgot. Yeah, you are Okumura's daughter. And then I have to just, to take the pressure off of her, I just, I had the option of either, I don't, I don't remember exactly, but I had the option of either confessing my love to her or telling her and it's enough. So I ended up doing this, this random statement of my love for her to just throw the whole conversation to a whole another direction, just to avoid them grilling her about ok Okumura and the Phantom Thieves. It's just, just something I wanted to do. And I mean, either option was terrible, but she was dismissed from the stage and then we exchanged a bit and we had our separate ways. Oh gosh, now it's time to go back to LeBlanc. Ooh, so Gerald is just, I don't know what he knows, but it's time for us to go back. Upon me arriving back to LeBlanc, Futaba is sitting outside hugging her knees and I'm like, oh shit, like what's going on? And she mentions that she's had a lot on her mind and we're in deep trouble unless we can do something soon because at this point, we're being blackmailed by Akechi and the Phantom Thieves. There's a there's a huge bounty on the on the Fanny Phantom Thieves. It's a mess. And we before we go inside of the the um the cafe, we cut over to the special investigations unit director speaking with Sai, inquiring on any progression of the investigation. And she's like, uh, well, I mean, there's really nothing that came of it. Her exact words were. Nothing that leads to a firm conviction yet. And when she's saying it, she sounds a bit reluctant, you know, embarrassed because this is a huge, huge deal. You know, she has the world on her shoulders again. And then the director is upset and he essentially just threatens her. He threatens firing her more than anything if if nothing comes of it. And I'm like, yeah, you really set her ass up. So who are you talking to? So you're playing, you you gotta be some, you're beneath some kingpin. Something is, whatever you do and whatever role you're playing, it's, it's, it's a mess. And he says to her, I had high expectations for you, but it seems this task was too much to handle for someone so young. If you can manage an arrest, I've made special arrangements so that you can question them personally. The leadership of this country is about to change. We can't let this case carry over into their term. Failure is not an option, but we need results. If the unexpected happens to occur, contact me immediately. And I'm like, wait a minute. If this is a whole FBI case and you're just, you're the director, like why, why would she be contacting you directly if something happens? Like what is, this is just, again, it seemed mass shady. After she leaves, he says on the phone off to, to the side after she leaves, he's like, um, everything is proceeding as planned. Cut back to LeBlanc. Hutaba and I, were, we, we walk in. We walk in. <laughs> and so Jiro is sitting in disappointment over the calling card at the coffee bar. He's like, I was cleaning up and I found this. She gasps. I'm like, oh, shucks. Is he about to find out the truth? And then she's like, I just kept the calling card because it was memorable. And so Gerald just slammed it on the bar and just told her to explain. He asked her if the Phantom Thieves triggered a change of heart in her. And I didn't think he would even think it to be true. But I guess because at this point, the Phantom Thieves are so real, he couldn't doubt it. She mentioned that um, she was just trapped. 
She, her exact words were, she was trapped in a labyrinth of her heart. I would say her heart and her mind, but she was definitely trapped in this emotional loop and this mental loop. She knew that she had to leave it, but she couldn't do it alone. And she confessed that the phantom thief saved her by stealing her messed up heart. And it's all in alignment with her mother's research. You know, Wakaba's research, that's her name. It changed her cognition. And so Jiro said he wondered about Futaba's mother's research. And I asked Shojiro when he noticed her change. And he said when her mother Wakaba said that she was going to go to the beach out of nowhere, he began to get suspect. And he said that he, he watched a couple news shows here and started putting pieces together. But he never overlooked such a drastic change in her behavior. Talking about Wakaba. So then he looks over at me and asks if I share a connection with the Phantom Thieves because I noticed a change in Futaba as well. Also, the first incident happened with a teacher at my school. Yusuke, who stayed at LeBlanc for a short period, was a student of Madarame who had a change of heart as well. And now Futaba, so like, what's the deal talking to me? So Jiro blamed me, basically, after all these questions. He pretty much blamed me for getting Futaba close to the Phantom Thieves. And then Futaba, she wanted to take accountability for it. She wanted to just divert a lot of the attention and the blame and, and just said that I stole her heart and changed her. So yeah, <laughs> just like that, the secret was out. Just, just like that. You know, I'm like, all right, well, I mean, this, we clearly are approaching the end of the game now because now we are definitely, the truth is really spilling. And, um... I don't know what's, how it's about to go from here, but I'm beginning to feel that that dread, that impending dread of the game ending. And I'm like, damn it. I'm, I'm, I'm irritated about this. <laughs> but anyway, she tells Sojiro that her mother was killed as well. And Sojiro just, he just got upset about that. He didn't want to hear it. And Futaba had to remind him that the way her mother died wasn't normal, and he knew that it wasn't normal. She says her research was stolen by someone, and then he actually thought back and admitted that when she died, he thought it was odd. He thought it was fishy, and he could only run from everything. That's all he wanted to do. He was helpless and continued to confess that by taking Futaba in, he would make up for what he'd done. But he said he wouldn't report or kick me out and just to just to stay low and to do not engage in any battles that I am not strong enough to win. He said, because if by chance I piss off the same guys that kill Wakaba, then they're they're not someone I can deal with. So it's like, all right. So Sojiro is he's like, all right, I guess I can accept the fact that you are the Phantom Thieves. That's fine. But just just be smart, be safe, be wise, you know, and I'm like, all right. So far, so good. You know, I, I want to say that we can trust Sojiro. I think we can. And we, we go on from there. Eventually, we go up. Well, I go upstairs. Futaba leaves. I go upstairs in my room. And Morgana's like, yo, we, we need to tell the crew. We got to tell them everything that just happened right now because everything's being revealed. So the group text was hot, as you would imagine. I fell asleep and now it's October 27th. Early in the AM on the news. So Jiro's in the shop watching Shido. 
Now, his full name or his full presentation or however, however he shows up is identified as Representative Masayoshi Shido. Now, he's talking about that he's trying to form a new political party. That's been his thing. And the news cuts to say that 30 million yen will be awarded to the people who identify the phantom thieves. Reward money will be supplied by the police and the victim's family. I'm like, yo, 30 million yen? Where does this come from? And who's, who's supplying this? How, did that, how is that even possible? This makes no sense. The SIU director, we cut over to the SIU director on the phone call, excited that the Phantom Thieves have become public enemy number one, he says. And it's, again, I'm getting irritated. But after school, we're back at LeBlanc, and the situation is starting to just descend. It's getting mad bleak, to say the least. <laughs> we're coming to terms with the fact that our, our backs are against the wall and we're wanted and people are just going out of their way to find us. Coupled with Sojiro finding out, Morgana feeling responsible as well because Morgana was like our guide in the very beginning. Everyone else getting thrown into this through some way or another. It's just, it's just feeling like a sick game. And when you think about it, how would life have, have been had had they just had they didn't go into the, into the metaverse? And then it's like these these thoughts you have, it's like, yo, if I this responsibility, when you think about it, the responsibility was just thrown into your lap. You you wake up one day, you're walking in the middle of the, of the city. You get this app on your phone. You tap the app and all of a sudden you're in a whole different world and you find yourself solving crimes and things you didn't realize that you were doing through being guided by this cat. It's like, okay, I understand that I'm doing this, but, and, and you still do have the option of just not t tapping the app again. You can just leave it there. But what happens after that? You know what I mean? It's like, where, at what point do you, do you do, like, what do you do in this case? You know, if it were you, what would you do? How, how much accountability would you be taking right now? If all of this is starting to fall apart and you're like, yo, was this the right decision? You know what I mean? It's just, it's just interesting. So, I mean, Makoto was, Makoto was at this point, she's certain as we're talking, she's certain that we're set up now. And we were lured to target Akumara, the Medjet and everything prior. And it was basically to bring us to the forefront only to make us the scapegoat while whatever is happening on the SIU director's end, whatever is taking place on the other end, um, that is, is trying to, however, whoever and however and whoever is doing whatever they're trying to do. However, Makoto mentions that Kamashita, Matarame, and Kanashiro were purely coincidental. Okumura wasn't. So it seems like there was an involvement at this point from Okumura's end. But no, I mean, the app was just sent to people's phones. Who did that? Who, who is sending the app out? And... You know, although I understand they were, they did seem coincidental and not connected to how they got to where they gotten, because it seems like whoever was controlling the fan site and then manipulating numbers and rankings and all of that, that happened after a certain point of their fame. But it's like, this seems too orchestrated. Haru felt guilty, of course. She blamed herself. And had she been able to cope with, with being sent off calmly, None of this would happen. So she, in her mind, is genuinely thinking that if she were to endure abuse, because she was getting abused by that man on top of that, if she were to prepare herself for an arranged marriage, that she, if she just, just did it and bit the bullet, none of this would happen. 
And Ryuji, he's just going, at this point, he's genuinely yelling and cursing, just he's going off. And he's like, yo, where did we go wrong? And Morgana thinks that we all got a little bit ahead of ourselves and we weren't acting like ourselves. We got too, um, we got too invested into changing the populace, changing their hearts, only to be lured into a game, he said. And we cared about the opinion of the general public, literally serving them. But then we began to focus on just taking care of all these requests and making a name for ourselves. Yusuke mentions to think that we began clinging onto fame and a place to belong, that our eyes had become clouded. You know, it's, it sounds like what some would call just falling into the ego. And um, that's, that's kind of where they are. They've, they've noticed that they've diverged. But ultimately, did they really? You know what I mean? Looking at it from perspective as from the gamer's perspective, I'm like, uh, not necessarily. There's always there's always another way, you know. But Haru is like, we were meant to be the righteous phantom thieves, but we lost sight of our original original cause. And then Futaba asks if we should end this all now. And I suggest through all this doubt that's taking place that we turn the tables because we still stand for something. And if we can't, we'd abandon the work at large just to cover ourselves and it wouldn't be true to us. So we, we stick to our guns and we get back in it. We rest restore our motivation and all that. And we were there. Later in the evening, a catchy shot of text requesting to gather at LeBlanc the following day after school. All right, bet. It's 1028 early a.m. Now, in the middle of Tokyo, Shido is speaking on a platform above everyone in Tokyo. He's like, he's doing like this speech. This, this political speech, and I, verbatim, I'll tell you, he's like, an issue in which criminals do whatever they want under the name of justice cannot be left alone. Only now does the government speak of taking countermeasures, but their actions are a little, he says, are too little too late. The government has been left behind the times. It is obsolete. We don't have to go down with a sinking ship. We have the power to change this. Let us end this chaos through my hands and yours. This is all about the Phantom Thieves, basically, because essentially they have changed the tides of fate. Now they're working and doing things beyond the government. And, Sh and Shido was like, nah, let's by the, me forming my own party, this new party uh, and me doing my political spiel and all that stuff. Let's do this differently. I think he's trying to. And I, I'm beginning to think that he's like this new world order type of thing. Like this is all an inside job only for them to create this new world order why the the phantom thieves take the blame and go down and make it look like the day was saved and size being put in the middle of it on the line so i'm like okay i'm starting to see this picture now as the player back at leblanc the crew and akechi we're here together and we're just kind of in this tense awkwardness because yo we were just blackmailed that's not cool he asked for a cup of coffee and his annoying ass I like a cup of coffee first. Anyway, he then says that Sai is the one who made that bold reward to anyone who would catch the Phantom Thieves. He, he said, um, he's thinking of triggering a change of heart in Sai. I'm like, okay, so if you're thinking of triggering a change of heart in Sai and the SIU director was talking about basically putting, throwing Sai in this, I think they are working together. Makoto at this, this whole point I was expecting Makoto to at least react, say something, but she was just, she was just quiet. I mean, you, if you can, you can tell from a distance, her eyes were closed and she lowered her head, but like, 
there was no attention brought to it. Like it didn't come to us as the players. It didn't come to our awareness like that. It wasn't thrown and placed in our focus. It was something you had to observe from the distance. And Yusuke, he's like, um, is this to prevent the investigation agency's recklessness? And Akechi thinks the police would turn a blind eye to false evidence. Because the police station is just so hell-bent on settling it. They don't care who the culprit is at this point. He's just interested in finding the true culprit. So Yusuke deduces that someone unrelated will be set up as the culprit. And Akechi's like, yeah, you know, if, if she's in her right mind, she can actually stop the situation. Her sense of justice wouldn't allow it. I can't allow such a thing to happen. He's like, my own ethics won't stand for it. If the true culprit were to learn she targeted someone innocent, the culprit would target her life, which, yeah, makes sense. Yusuke's like, all right, well, even though you're particular about being just, you're willing to get your hands dirty. The catchies responds and he says, it can't be helped in order to learn the truth. There is also one more merit in changing Sai's heart. She'll be a fine warning to others not to meddle with you any further. They can't go public if someone in the investigation has a change of heart. It show their corruption. Interesting. Akechi is, again, making me turn my attention to him because it just, it's like, yo, y'all, y'all, you doing too much. I really don't trust this dude. Moko now Makoto is pissed. And then she says, so you're going to tell us to announce our disband once the culprit is arrested, aren't you? And Akechi pretty much, you know, says yes. And Makoto then begins to confess that the real reason she's joined the Phantom Thieves is because she wanted to change Sai's heart. She's also known for quite some time that Sai had a palace. She didn't tell us because it was too selfish of a reason, but she was acting weird the entire time that we were sitting in the, in the cafe. So Akechi suggests that we try to go to Sai's palace then and there, like in that moment, but Makoto was like, she had other plans and she just left mad quick. Just mad quick. We freeze in time at this point after she left the cafe. We freeze in time back into the interrogation. So now we're back in that room. Sai's like, a palace? In me? <laughs> Not only that, but a catchy? The Phantom Thieves targeted me as per his advice. And he already experienced the metaverse. He never said a word. Although his attitude did change, Sai began to, at this point, she began to believe me. And she's beginning to deduce that she was a puppet. Now, I'm wondering if during this interrogation, if the culprit who I'm beginning to think is a catchy is running around in her palace right now, right at this moment. But anyway, I level up to within her, within the Judgment Tarot and the Major Arcana, and then we move on. Yeah, it's about that time to begin exploring Sai's palace. But I am going to stop here until <laughs> until next time because yeah, it's it's good. And I enjoyed seeing Shadow Sai, but we'll talk about that later. But um yeah, follow me on IG, hit me up on IG at the Painted Fool. Find me on Twitter Painted Fool Pod. I'm also on YouTube. I'm on all these spaces. Just type in the Painted Fool somewhere and you'll find me. But yo, let's get the conversation going. Please do not spoil anything for me yet because I am almost done playing the game entirely. Um, but, yo, let's just, you know. I mean, I am a part of mad groups, like I said in the previous episode, but I just wanted um, to just, you know, get some, get some, some, some more conversation going. 
especially those of you who enjoy doing some some deeper digging. We haven't talked about mementos and the different floors and mementos and the different words. And it seems as though these are these are different Hebrew words and they there this is almost like um some type of Dante Inferno situation but anyway we'll get into that later but I'm out until next time thanks for listening to the Painful podcast and I'll catch you later peace